this week's guest absolutely rules. Her name is Hannah Beeman. She's won three X Games medals, Women's Rider of the Year, U.S. Open champion. She's won everything. She's done it all. But my favorite accolade of hers is the fact that she's the queen of backcountry karaoke. We talk about this and much, much more in the podcast. She's so well-spoken. She's hilarious. And uh, it was a pleasure chatting with Hannah. Now, before we get into this episode, I have to let you know that hot off the press, we got new Cheddar Biscuit t-shirts. They're limited. They're going to go quick. Also, the people have been asking about sticker packs. We got a new and improved sticker pack up on the website, bombhole.com. So pick yourself up some gear. Let's get into it with Hannah Beeman. You are listening to the Bombhole. Bombhole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. The Bombhole. Gonna slide down in big hills, you know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. Back in the booth for the bomb hole. Now, the bomb hole is presented by Solomon Snowboards Pub Beer and Wild Mike's Ultimate Pizza. Now, Stony Buds, how are we doing today? Doing so good, dog. Love hearing that. Every time I hear you say it, I love it. Now, um, today's guest, we have Hannah Beeman. If you're unfamiliar with who she is, what she's accomplished in snowboarding. She's a three-times X Games medalist. She's won Women's Rider of the Year, U.S. Open champ. She's won it all. She's done it all. Hannah, how are we doing? I'm so good. <laughs> Love hearing that. Now, <laughs> obviously, you've done a lot, but I want to talk about something that's a lot more, maybe more interesting to me, and that would be this new karaoke <laughs> mic that you've been bringing into the backcountry with you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. I think it's become my new therapy through all the COVID stuff, it's like everyone's finding different ways to deal. And I think having that microphone has become an outlet. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, I just bring it up with me random days and I'll be like, you know what? This deserves a song. And just kind of give it a little belt out up on the mountaintop or cruising through the park or some some shit like that. I've seen you on the peak of a mountain <laughs> just singing. What, what kind of songs you throw out up there? The worst songs. The worst songs. Yeah, like I have a karaoke list for sure. And I'm like, okay, what do I pick on? For, for, you know, the moment. Like, I think I got some Celine Dion on there. Oh, geez. <laughs> like, kind of bad songs, but, like, good bad songs. Do you put people on the spot, too, and get them singing? Or? I try to I try to bring people in, yeah. yeah people, some, some people love karaoke. It's so fun. I used to hate karaoke. I was, like, terrified. Like, we'd be partying in Mammoth at, like, Lock and Nookie or wherever. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, man, I want karaoke. But I would hate getting up in front of people. And every once in a while you get, like, hammered enough you get up there and you're like yeah that was sweet <laughs> people yeah people can really shine if you get your song dialed and yeah know what's up i'm definitely not like the professional singer though i'm like i don't give i know i'm not good yeah but i don't care that's what you gotta do yeah chris well, you got a karaoke song you throw out uh, honestly i i pretty much bomb i bomb all of them <laughs> i get on and i just what's freestyle you? oh you oh yeah. you do really <laughs> that's awesome i can't follow the i don't know it if just if it you're happens. unfamiliar, uh, Buds has like a, uh, like he turns into like a Rastafarian guy. Like he oh, does, yeah. re- he does yeah. reggae voice. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I, I like can't it. stay with the karaoke song though. I always just end up breaking out into my own. I like ad libbing too. Yeah. Ad libbing is the way to go. I, Cause if I mess up, I'm like, oh, I just got to keep going somehow. <laughs> so what spawned the initial karaoke mic in like to, what, what made you be like, all right, I'm, I'm bringing this thing with me everywhere. You I can go. only carry so much in your backcountry pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta be selective. I it's like water, or am I bringing the microphone? <laughs> I won't bring it out with me on, like you know, 
certain days. Yeah. But like when we're just out touring around Baker or whatever, it's like perfect. It makes like so like subpar days that much better. That much better, huh? Yeah. Like on like killer days, I probably won't have it. But you know, when you're out there just touring around, you're like, meh, this run's kinda whatever. Like, it's I way vi- better if you're singing. Yeah. I violently tomahawked on that uh <laughs> Back seven, but it's all right. I I, I also belted now. out some Celine Dion. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So it's like if you're going out, if it's you know, you're let's say you're going out and you're you're preparing your avalanche, you know, your gear and everything. If you had to take avalanche beacon or karaoke mic, which are you putting more importance on? Avalanche beacon by like a hair. <laughs> Depends on the day, probably though. You know. <laughs> Yeah, what's the what's the avalanche danger rating at that day? <laughs> Karaoke's in the like you know green to like <laughs> warm yellow. <laughs> All right. Well, I heard an interesting fact that um, you know I, I know that you're originally from Big Bear, mm-hmm. and is this true that you got your first board from Tom Sims? Yeah, that is true. But it wasn't in Big Bear. It was we. I was born in Santa Barbara, and we lived up in like the hippie hills in Santa Barbara, and Tom Sims was a neighbor of ours up there. And I think my parents knew him from then, but then when we moved to Big Bear when I was like two, I think they they somehow, he was prototyping like a kid's board, and he was like, oh, like he sent one to us for me to try. So when I was like six is when I think they sent like a kid's prototype board. And so your parents no- were in with Tom? I mean, not a not a ton. Like yeah. they weren't like homies, but it's like somehow I never really got the full story on that in that little neighborhood in Santa Barbara. You know, like my dad was into surfing and skating and stuff like that, and I think they were just a bunch of hippies living in the hills in Santa Barbara. So I think they just kind of all knew each other somehow. And yeah. it was it was I barely remember snowboarding. Like it was on my ski boots with plate bindings because, like, there's no kids stuff back then, so. What are plate bindings, like the metal? Yeah, that gotcha. you, like, clip your ski yeah, boots yeah. Ski into. ski boots into. I remember yeah. those. Okay. It was, it was, I have, like, flashes of it, and I'm, like, I remember being, like, so, like, bummed learning how to, like, toe edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah, I remember that sucking. Because you're already good at skiing, probably, as a little kid, I imagine. Huh? I mean, I've been skiing for probably, you know, I started skiing when I was, like, two yeah. when I first moved to Big Bear, so I had a few years skiing under my belt and my mom's got a snowboard I want to say it was like a look snowboard or something like that at first she worked at the mountain like both my parents worked at the mountain at snow summit and and bear at some point and just being in like the marketing circles I think people would come in and have snowboards and they were like oh yeah she, <laughs> I think she got those a snowboard and looks, she tried it first yeah those early looks had an insane cool shape too I don't know if you remember but they had like that big nose and the yeah, square tail kind of torpedo-ish yeah, yeah. they were kind of dope for the time though yeah so your mom knew what she was doing my mom's usually ahead of the trends she's Sounds the one like that it. like puts me on stuff she's cooler than I am <laughs> for sure. one thing you said earlier and I've heard this from everybody I've talked to is that your parents were mega hippies now what role did that have in your growing up I don't think they were mega hippies I mean they were definitely cute hippies cute hippies okay <laughs> um I feel like like when when I was born they were living in Santa Barbara like I think my dad had built this like teeny little adobe brick house up in the woods you know, we had sounds pretty an good. outside that's, shower. Actually, that's that's kind of mega but hippie. But not like dirty hippie, you <laughs> okay. know? Like, they okay. were cute. They were like... Cute hippie They copy. were hippie, hips, hipsters hippie. But okay. um, 
you know, they were doing their thing. And I feel like, like my dad did, um, he was a photographer and he did graphic design for like, uh, I might mess this up. It was either Sierra West or Sierra Designs, one of those like older backpacking companies. So mm-hmm. it's like, and my mom did some modeling and they would like go hike out into the mountains and take catalog shots and be hiking under a full moon, like camping out and stuff. Some awesome old photos of them. Really? So your mom that. was a cute hippie then if she was a mom. She's a babe. Yeah. I think she's a babe. Let's give her, yeah, she's we give her an air babe. horn. Let's yeah, give, her a babe. give her an air horn. <laughs> dad dad was a dad was a babe, mom was a babe. It's like if you I think people that know me, they know I have like a it's like a not a poster, but it's a photo of my mom in like this like white leather like kind of buckskin bikini with like her hair all frizzed up and she's got like a bow and arrow like sitting <laughs> sitting on like or standing on like the the shore of this some body of water and I'm just like that's that's like prime time on my bedroom wall well, that's my mom like, like, that sounds like Amazon a woman <laughs> like, it's awesome <laughs> and everyone's like is that a photo of you up there I'm like no what is photo of myself up there i'm like that's my mom <laughs> that's pretty tight <laughs> she yeah. sounds she sounds like a complete g now yeah. yeah going back i also got some type of note here from pat bridges something about a ski tote catalog at a young age yeah. i don't know what that means can you explain and decipher that so how old was i probably probably around like five or six or something like that don't ask me how like my mom did some you know modeling back in the day and then working in summit somehow connected with the ski tote people we went and did like a photo shoot for ski tote so what is ski tote just to be ski tote is yeah this is a this is going to be an old head thing (laughs) 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 if if you are old enough you would remember this like contraption that basically clamshells around your skis and your poles Mm. and has a handle and you can carry your skis and poles to the mountain because it's really hard to carry all that stuff. You know, you see people all Yeah, like, kept it all together. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so it was like, that was this, this device that we did this shoot for, and it was like with these cute cute dogs and all like fake snow on like a fake chairlift and stuff like that. But funny enough, as I'm sure Pat can appreciate, is um, Triva. Oh, God, what's Trevor's? Trevor Jacobs. Trevor Jacobs. God, I haven't thought about Trevor for a while. But his dad owned Ski Tote. And oh, so it was wow. just funny, like weird little circles, right? So I did not know what that kind of cheddar biscuits we talking uh, on the ski tote. I have no idea. We probably got like a couple free ski totes. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to ask my mom. Was it in a that. studio with like fake snow and everything? Yeah, that's and they would crazy. Put, they would put cream cheese on the handle of the ski tote for the dogs to like be licking it, so it looked like the dog was carrying the ski <laughs> tote for you. <laughs> Pro <laughs> tip: <laughs> We, my parents, still have those at their house. Like photos up. I'll send you guys a clip. I wonder what happened to ski tote. Didn't make the cut. People mm. figured out they could carry them. Dude, yeah. on Hon- honestly, we got smart. You go yeah. split boarding though, and it's you're whole, you're carrying four x as many like four times as many t- things as a snowboard. Maybe I got we the need poles to and the recreate. freaking thing. It's, I I almost want a ski tote. You could maybe we should get yeah into, maybe this we make it for time. split boards. <laughs> split boards. The time tote. is now. Split tote. <laughs> okay, so so moving forward here, you start snowboarding and then you start kicking ass. Uh, give us the kind of formative years. What those look like. I guess so. I like I started when I was six, and then you know, fast forward, I'm skiing, I'm snowboarding, I'm doing a lot of stuff, and then kind of got more into snowboarding, but then was kind of bored. I was oblivious to what was going on in snowboarding. Like the first and probably only snowboard movie I saw was like 
Sims teams movie called Snow Days, which I, I remember think that Todd one. just referenced that. And I was like, that's like what I knew of snowboarding for years. And then I got kind of more into ski racing with like a couple of friends in school or doing ski racing. So I did that and that was exciting for like two years. And then that got boring real quick. So I went back to snowboarding and started just going and shredding around like summit by myself and meeting people. And eventually met like an awesome crew of, of people just randomly from around snow summit. Like my girlfriends from high school and I would go up there and just be shredding around and and ended up getting this really cool crew of people that that definitely influenced like what I thought was cool in snowboarding and all that stuff. And like met Pat Allen from Black Flies. He had like a little shop going real deal at the bottom of like the bottom of the hill. And he was the one who actually gave me decade to watch. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll watch this. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 16 year old girl just like, oh, okay, sweet. And I watched that and that was just like, nice i was like what have i been missing this whole time and that fully like that made me want to be a professional snowboarder for sure and i was like i could do this i can do a back, a back three i could do this like board slides mall. i want to live this life and and it's like we were just ripping around summit just having a great time it's like we'd see the forum eight cruise through and it'd be like oh my god let's follow them and watch what they're doing you know <laughs> full creepers like it was like it was just awesome like you couldn't ask for a better place to grow up but you're in the right spot yeah yeah sure. that, yeah that's such an interesting thing to hear i love kind of preserving the culture of snowboarding in some aspects a little bit of a nerd but the effects of those early videos everybody that sat in that chair you know they they have that one like click moment where for me it was technical difficulties for you it's decade but you're like yep that's what i want to do yeah like just something just captures you and you're just like, that's what I need to do. Okay. What's going to happen with kids today? Maybe it's on IG. Yeah. Yeah. Just one know. edit. Is one edit enough to capture you in though? You know, that's. I don't know. It's yeah. definitely different. Yeah, it's I just feel different. Like. like back then, I feel like it was, it was this whole other thing. Like snowboarding at the mountain was one thing, but then it was like the whole scene of like the premieres and going to see the premieres at Spreckles Theater was, like, such a cool thing. Yeah. Like, being able to, like, luckily I, cl I was close enough, like, living in Big Bear, that it's like we could go down to San Diego for the trade show and be like, oh, we got, we snuck into the trade show. <laughs> and, like, you could, like, see all these things. And I, I feel like that was such a, like, special, like, it just created this, like, buzz and energy and, like, this whole, like, oh, excitement for the season that I feel like just doesn't get recreated anymore. You know, yeah, interesting, interesting thing to talk about. I, I feel like maybe not in our circle, but I, I think there's still people jacked up I hope out so. there. I see people, I see people out there doing it, but uh, to move, moving along here, uh, that kind of brings us to, you know, your, our breakout moment. Now the breakout moment is presented by our friends over at 10 barrel and pub beer. Pub beer supports us. You should support them. Their tagline is cheap, fun beer. Now, Hana, before snowboarding became a serious career, back when it was cheap and fun, did you have a memorable breakout moment that kind of put you on the map? Yes. I would say my breakout moment was definitely at uh, Snowboarder Mag Super Park in Mammoth in spring of 2001. I was pretty much wearing, like, thrift store gear with, like, an old board and just, like, coming down from, from Tahoe. And hanging out with like the grenade guys, and they kind of got me in 
snuck not snuck me in but got me into super park and i was just so stoked and just shrouding like (laughs) going going like all day long like yeah yeah hit that hit that like no gloves you know and that's kind of where i think i caught some eyes and got a couple contracts and then it was just like took off from there so fully credit super park super park little air horn now back back then there was not nearly as many females in snowboarding mm-hmm. who who were those early influences for sure tara um she was a huge she was like the one to look at right like she was the poster girl um tina tina bassage such a g yeah super g i actually remember like sky ronine and morgan lafont like like not i wouldn't see him in real life or in video projects more but i would see them in the mags like, those are the chicks I was seeing in the mags, and I was just like, that's awesome. And Barrett, you know, Barrett Christie. But for some reason, it was just like Tara. Tara was, like, front and center, like, the shining beacon of what you had to be for, like, a, a female snowboarder. Definitely yeah. ahead of her time at that. She was absolutely ripping. Yeah. Now, I uh, I heard that you, around this time, I don't know if it was before or after this super park moment you're talking about, but you went to college at Sierra Nevada, correct? I did. <laughs> I went, I mean, I, there was a couple years where I was doing USASA and stuff in high school. And I was like, I know this is what I want to do. Like, but I had some, I had some like rep deals and that was sweet. Was doing good. Had won like junior nationals, slopes out, whatever, but it wasn't quite clicking. So I was like, well, going to go to college, you know, went to college up in, Incline Village in Tahoe and went to Sierra Nevada College, which, funny enough, uh, Jeff Pensiero's daughter just got accepted into there, so she's going to be there. So nice. we're, we're eagles. <laughs> <laughs> eagles. Is that what that's called? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're the eagles. Yeah. But she, <laughs> he called me the other day. He's like, oh, Estelle's going to Sierra Nevada College. That's so did you graduate? we got to give no. him a quick air no. horn. I'm gonna, <laughs> sorry. I just got, I got a sub in that one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I did not graduate. No. I went. I went She's a dropout. For, I'm a full dropout. I went for a year, and I lovingly refer to my year in college as like Camp SNC because it was like <laughs> way more snowboarding and partying than any like studying in school. So nice. It was, it was like, <laughs> and funny enough, it's like I connected with Kevin Casillo ah. at college. He went there too. And I knew him from junior nationals when I met like Lane and Danny and Clancy and a bunch of the like the grenade guys. Reconnected with Kevin at college, and that's why I pretty much started going to Mammoth. Like Kevin and I would go down there and sleep in our cars or whatever. Like go meet up with those guys and just go shred. So I spent it. I spent a lot more time snowboarding than. Did you pick studying. out that school just so you could snowboard? Pretty much, yeah. Because I remember <laughs> when I was looking at colleges, never made it. But you just looked at the small list of colleges that were at ski resorts, and they were like, all right, yeah. let's maybe one of these places. Yeah. I ended up not going, but I looked at that college. It was, same. Yeah. 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 You, like, look at the small list, and it's only because of snowboarding. Yeah, and it's like, okay, it's not that hard to get into. Yeah. It's like you can study ski business, <laughs> living in Tahoe. Exactly, right? <laughs> or one of the spots in Colorado. and Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, that place was great. So uh, it, that almost seems like a, a Gremlins kind of like Tahoe. You, you go there for a minute, and next thing you know, you're there for, for yeah, years. you're there. <laughs> uh, so to pivot and talk about this Mammoth situation at at that time, Mammoth was kind of the happening place. You got Danny Cass and the whole Grenade crew just putting a beat down on the park. You got Matt Hammer, all those people, and and you kind of immersed yourself 
within the grenade crew. Mm-hmm. Now, now it seemed like you were the only female in that crew. Can you paint a picture of like what what that scene was like back then? And and yeah, it was. I don't think I had any idea what I was getting into, but it was <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome starting there. I kind of like like I said, I I had met them at junior nationals and. You know, you're what, like 16 partying at Waterville Junior Nationals. And you're like, oh, these people are fun. And then you reconnect with them out in Mammoth. And it was just kind of debauchery, like super fun. Like you're you're just living away from home, released into the wild. <laughs> like You're partying. <laughs> you're just shredding around Mammoth, which has got like the best park at the time. There's like mega pros there that you're looking at and being like what we just got to shred with kevin jones and matt hammers over there and tara's like telling us to come hit this mailbox like awesome and it was kind of you know there were other girls around like i had a lot of other girlfriends at the time who were shredding it wasn't like i was solo standalone female like running around but i i was just so lucky to be brought into the fold by um Matt Cass was just like, yo, we're starting this company. And he's like, we'll get you some gloves. And I just ended up hanging out with all those guys a ton. And they were just a really fun time. Like we were all just house partying, going to the Mono Street house and skateboarding on the ramp there. Like just literally, I don't know how we didn't get like more injured or arrested a lot of those days because it was real loose. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so fun. Like the guys just treated me like one of the dudes. And it was it was rad. It was fun. Uh, yeah, you guys were straight up, you know, for me, looking up to you guys, you guys were rock stars. Like, early we grenade felt, days. We I, felt like rock stars. <laughs> I made my own grenade stencil that was all wonky, and I would spray paint it on stuff. Like, yeah. it was it was incredible, that, that energy around you guys at that time. Yeah, and, I mean, you were just as much of it as we were. It's like, the guys were just cutting stencils and, like, spray painting T-shirts. Like, one of the first T-shirts I got was just some random army surplus t-shirt that matt stenciled some red grenade on and i was like sick <laughs> like up at hood like hanging out like they had you know the i don't think it was a grenade house it was like everyone was just crashing on like the lib lib floor or wherever we could like the so just rolled as a posse it though, was huh? it was deep like <laughs> it was deep and it was awesome <laughs> and we did not give a fuck like it was, <laughs> you felt invincible for sure. And there was definitely nights where I'm all, that could have gone real bad. <laughs> I remember seeing like Danny up at Hood when I was a kid and he'd be like lighting off fireworks and throwing them at people and yeah. just everybody's getting into trouble. It yeah. Was, what yeah. a like, just an amazing cluster of people. Like, It's true. You're lucky more, or everyone's lucky no one got in trouble or, or something wild didn't happen. Yeah. This. I mean, especially up at Hood, it was like full free for all different hood unrecognizable for what it is today yeah it's like, true there right was no street lamps there was just like yeah we were lighting off fireworks throwing them in the burton house like just cuckoo basically lawless up there yes lawlessness now, you had a ton of success in contests after this and stuff like that now you're riding with danny cass kyle clancy lay knack just some like kings at that time mm-hmm. now what effect did riding with those guys have on you they definitely would just get me to try different things. Like, I feel like there was always just going out, like, jibbing the van in the back of the, like, 
woods of mammoth or like there was always just something like it was all new like getting to go out with like clancy and and leech and zimmerman out into like literally i look back at now molly was like 500 feet off the road in mammoth and we built a jump and like got to hit a powder jump i was like woo like so many firsts for me and a lot of like just camaraderie and support like back at the u.s open it's like i'd have like the guys would be sitting at the bottom of the run with like really weird posters that they made being like, beam it, like cheering me on. Like it was just a really cool support group and it was, you know, encouraging to just try different stuff. And I feel like that was the most fun. Like that's kind of like, if I'm having fun, I'm doing good and I'm riding good. So it was just kind of lighthearted and, and just, you know, give it a go. Get you to win the U.S. Open. and Yeah, I don't know if I won that year. Uh, but <laughs> but you've won the Open, and you were saying you won a car, too. Huh? Yeah. Which yeah. they still would give out cars like that. You know? I know. That was a golden golden moment where golden it was like era. cars and MacBook Pros and Rolexes and snowmobiles. Have you won all these things? No, no. <laughs> no but they I, they'd give it them out? No, I was like, I'm, I'm stoked I won a Volvo. I still have it. It's on its last leg probably. It's like 12 years old. <laughs> but the, the Volvo and I won a motorcycle at the Abominable Snow Jam, Damn. which is awesome. I remember watching that contest. Chato won a... One of Volvo as well. Yeah, you're part of the court. Volvo Club. Yeah, Volvo Club, <laughs> yep. love. So I kind of want to circle back around, and and I was just kind of thinking about this, and this revolving door of crews and snowboarding is incredible. When you look at, you know, you have like Buzz as part of the Tech Nine crew, and then you know now you have the young kids, the Dust Box. There's a skeleton crew. There's the, you know, there's there's so many, too many to name, and then you know the Grenade crew really was probably one of the best, like energies and crews and time periods to ever do it and I think that's good kind of advice for kids a lot of people are just with Instagram I don't need a crew I can just put shit on my gram by myself and and I think that there is there's so much strength in that camaraderie and and with those crews would you agree yeah I mean that creates this like synergy of everyone's feeding off of everybody and you know stronger together it's like you can put off a like a part and it could be a sick part, but I just, there's something about having, having that support crew. And it's like, it's, it recreates what we do naturally just going out and shredding with our friends. Like, I don't like going snowboarding alone. Like I want to, I want to get stoked and go shred with the people that I have fun with. And I think that the crew, like just, that's what that does. And I think people see that and they feed off of that too. I always call that the uh, Wu-Tang Clan business model. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of what I formed Tech 9 around was that model, you know, form a sick crew and go all out. Yeah. That's and uh, that's the school of Wu right wow, there. Wow. Buds, I'm going to give you an air horn for that yeah. one. I love that. It might be my first air horn. No, you got, the, you got the super air horn oh, the other day. Right. Don't, come on. Don't chip. <laughs> first one today, anyways. <laughs> well, that's like, you know, the thing, the famous quote that comes to mind is like a, uh, a, raising, a rising tide raises all boats yes right? mm-hmm. it's kind of the same deal with a crew yeah. same mentality and kids should be realizing that these days yeah the dust box look what it's done for them yeah and a lot of kids actually hit us up figuring out what how can i get involved it's like form your own crew yeah and feed off each other and yeah you but, all will get better but make it like it should just happen need, organically like yeah, you, you can't be true. like okay like got a thing of a crew. Yeah, it's if like, you force a crew it's never gonna happen yeah it's like <laughs> that's just good advice go too. out there and ride with the people to get you stoked and ride and have fun it's, it's like, got to be cool and organic and yeah natural it's 
Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. So, so uh, moving along here chronologically, um, you started to have some success. And I'm going to get into a guest question from Lane Knack here. Now, the guest question is presented by Solomon. Uh, Solomon makes split boards. Um, and the split board that I ride is the Speedway Split. You can find that at solomonsnowboards.com. They support us. You should support them. I'm not just in the streets. I hit I hit the split every every once in a while. Now let's get into the guest question from Lane Knack. Here we go. Hey there, Bombhole Lane Knack here calling in for Miss Hannah Beeman. Hannah, you've had quite the career over the last couple decades. Lots of amazing accolades through this career. One that sticks out in my mind the most is the first award you won at the Transworld Writers Poll Awards back in the good old Vegas days. Do me a favor and take us through that evening. Paint us a picture of winning that award as well as the carnage that followed. <laughs> Hope all's well. Love you guys. You formed that question really well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. Um, woof. Okay, that's a big night. So... Pretty much, you know, Vegas. Trade show, they used to do the Transworld Awards, all that stuff. I think, I don't remember how I got there. I think we drove from Mammoth. Just threw something together. Was pretty nervous because I was, I'm pretty sure somebody leaked that I had won. So it's like I'm there, my parents are there. It's, you know, I'm, what, 19, I think still? Oh, maybe wow. 20, maybe 20. And, you know, underage, <laughs> getting into the Vegas club, um, show up. I'm, like, super nervous. And my mom, this might incriminate her, but she has, like, she gets a bunch of drinks, like, on the table. I'm, like, all right, cool. Start, like, pounding drinks to, like, calm the nerves. And I'm, like, all right, this is sweet. Like, we're ready to party. They, I, I kind of blur out whatever. They, like call out the category, call out that I won. I go up on stage. I think Jana Mayan's in a banana suit. I remember like, that. Yeah, like, she's, she's like, wasted. It's just total, total debauchery. But go up there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was drunk at this point, and I'm pretty sure I called out Snowboard, I think Snowboarder Magazine at the Trans World Awards. Oh. Because... <laughs> Because Snowboarder had given me an on deck, and I was, like, pretty psyched. I was like, yeah, I got recognized in an on deck, but, like, Transworld hadn't done anything. And I was like, oh, it's just funny, you know. Transworld's giving me the award, but they've never done anything with me. So you I'm said like, that. I was, no, oh. well, yeah, kind of in one way or another. I was like, I want to think I'm, like, at the podium, like, accepting the award. And I don't know if the the whole grenade crew at that point, I think had like come on stage and taken over. So it's like Jana's in her banana costume. There's all the grenade guys running around. I'm like <laughs> hammered. And I'm like, I want to thank Snowbutter Mag for giving me a check out. Like, like just stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And trans just like, Oh, they're man. like, Oh, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> but yeah. And then after that, I don't even remember. It was like such a blur. I'm pretty sure I made out with like five people, maybe 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like my dad's, in the, like the in the bathroom with my award, smoking like a a cigar with Sean Palmer. I don't even know. It was like wow, crazy. That's painting a picture. Yeah. of the night right there. We partied. There's a mosh pit. I'm like, what was it? Um, 
God, I was writing for Sessions at the time, and and Joel had uh, total brain fart right now. Social Distortion was playing mm. full mosh pit, Social Distortion, like craziness, yeah. Sounds I heard like a, a, quote, a quote from Lane, and some, some lady came up to you guys and said that you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? <laughs> in Vegas, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard place. To, it's one oh thing if that God. happens to you in Salt Lake, but in Vegas. Oh, yeah. The bar for being ashamed of yourself is much higher. Yeah. <laughs> great night. Great night. All right, let's get into some hot takes, huh? Yeah. Hot takes are a fun little situation. Um, okay, we're going to go... MJ, Michael Jordan of snowboarding, both male and female. Who you got? MJ, Michael Jordan. Oh, man, that's a hard one. It's a loaded question. Yeah. Michael Jordan. God, I'm between just because of, like, the status. I'm going to say either Travis or Sean White. Travis or Sean White just because of, like, Household name, across the board, paycheck caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, for women, probably Jamie Anderson. That makes sense. We haven't really had anyone call out the MJ, the woman MJ on here. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, okay, next question. Uh, worst trend in snowboarding? Worst trend in snowboarding. I, pro- I, I still see it. It's the pants not going over the boots. You obviously have never been in fresh powder if you're doing that. <laughs> definite. The definite pant roll. No-go. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily improve the style points. Okay, um, in the lift line, let's. Um, do you ever hit the beaver slap? You know the. What's your take on the beaver slap? I'm beaver slapping, especially this year because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, doesn't like the beaver slap. What? I'm like, I do that all. I don't do it a lot because I don't ride the resorts that much. But I'm like, now when I'm riding the resorts, I'm like, fucking whack him in that beaver slap. Just because I'm like, you get so much snow on your board. It's heavy. I don't want that thing tagging on my leg. Every once in a while, you hear that loud one where somebody like, maybe like 10 people behind you really just letting it bark like, back there. It just echoes it? perfectly. <laughs> He must have not landed that last round. <laughs> okay, uh, this one's from Sexton. What do you think about the edge drag across the parking lot? Uh, pfft, don't be a baby. <laughs> don't be a brat. Pick Carry up your, your board. board. <laughs> have some respect for your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this stuff's expensive, Show right? some damn respect. <laughs> Quit being a brat. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I do that sometimes, though. Okay. Everybody's done it. Yeah. Biggest inspo. Uh, in snowboarding? Life. In life? Um, weirdly enough, probably Madonna. Do you, Besides my mom and dad. Okay. N- nice little footnote. Yep. Uh, do you sing Madonna karaoke? You know it. What's your go-to? Oof. There's too many. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Some of the more recent ones off of the uh, Confessions on a Dance Floor album. Probably all of those. Uh Let's is that an earlier get, album or a? It's more recent. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, I would say Burning Up is an old classic. Um, obviously, Get Into the Groove. Yeah, Get Into the Groove. Yeah. I'm not a huge, like, like a virgin girl, you know? Yeah. Not my thing. Um, still like it. That time frame is kind of all I know of Madonna. Yeah. I mean, she's got, some, she's got some good newer stuff, but then it's like the most recent stuff is not my fave, but. Yeah. Yeah, I get into the Madonna. 
She's all into dancing or whatever, huh? Yeah, and she's not about, you know. I just think Madonna's crazy, you know? Like, what Madonna was getting crap for back in the day, it's like, look at what Cardi B and, like, all those girls are doing now. It's True. like She's like, what? You guys are giving me shit? Like, look at what these chicks are doing. Yeah, they're, like, 20 times past yeah. what, what she ever did. Yeah, and she just, I feel like she opened the doors for a lot of... um Musicians, musicians, other people, just people, guys, girls, gay people. What? Like, just such an advocate for a lot of different, different people. Yeah, back in her, her early albums, she would like had all sorts of gay dancers. Yeah, she and pushed was the very boundaries. open about it. And she was like, "Don't you know, sexism, ageism is something that I yeah. feel like she's kind of, you know, going with this these days." She's like, "Don't write me off because I'm getting older." Like it's just this whole thing. So I think there's a lot of things to be taken away from. Well, that, that's a fun segue because there is a topic that uh, <laughs> has come up on this podcast, uh, notably from Reed Smith, who kind of coined the term old head. Yeah. And uh, it gets thrown around a lot. Um, but what are your thoughts on the word and the usage and the verbiage associated with old head? I think I need to understand it better. Like I'm trying I'm trying to, to not be personally offended by the word (laughs) old head because i'm like older (laughs) um i guess i just need to understand it more because i'm like dude what the fuck like yeah we're older but like take some lessons like look around like learn from people there's a lot to gain from people that are older than you don't just like harp on them because you you want what they got well it's it's like calling madonna you're an old head in some senses when you when you don't show like in, in the, if that's if in regards to you know people that have, have a lot of merits and stuff like that in the sense like you know what what have you done that eighteen year old's gonna blink and be twenty five that's a great 30, point as well. yeah and realize that they're in that position yeah and they just don't get it yet how quick it goes by but yeah it'll and happen you know there's a lot to you you see that and you see like this old head like you know living on easy street has a house got paid doing a thing but it's like you don't see what it took to get there yeah it was a grind yeah and especially like the old heads now it's like dude like we had to do contests like it wasn't a choice for me to do contests it's like that's what i had to do to get the notoriety to even get into the backcountry. Like sponsors were like, no, 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 you're, you're going to this contest and you're doing this and this and this. And it's like, I was lucky that I did well in contests. So it's so like, sponsors would like dictate to you what oh, you yeah. needed to do. Oh yeah. And it was like, I didn't, I, I mean, the contests were fun, but it's like once I kind of got a taste for backcountry, it's like, I always wanted to do the filming like that's what got me interested in snowboarding, but contests were the the route that I had to take to get to go into the backcountry. Yeah, you couldn't just step in there with the support you needed. Yeah, it's like nobody. I wasn't filming myself. Like I had to. You have to play a game, and you had to get through certain levels. Like you know, snowmobile level unlocked. Like you could buy a fucking <laughs> snowmobile because I won a contest. <laughs> so it's just like there's just all these things that I think people forget. Like we're quick to forget. Like what it used to be like and, and what it how, took to get to where yeah, how people got to where they are now. And I, I just, am like, dude, you want that? Like there's a lot of, a lot of lessons and a lot of knowledge to learn from those people. So listen up and pay attention. Yeah. They want to just wake up and have it, huh? Yeah. You know, I, that's a 
incredible point you made. And I was thinking about old head by definition. Um, generally, the term old head is being thrown around by somebody that's probably 17, 18, 19 years old. Probably anybody over the age of 24 20, <laughs> is probably an old head by definition. Yeah, so. yeah. realistically. And that's what I want to know. I'm all, what is an old head? Yeah. Is it like Someone needs to outline this. <laughs> yeah. is it your, or is it a frame thought? of mind, maybe? Yeah, I don't a frame know. of mind? Is it like an age cutoff? What is, I don't know. Like. I mean, I'm an old head. There's no way around it. But I like to think <laughs> mentally I'm s- still living like a young kid, yeah. I guess. Uh, actually, I <laughs> our maturity level is that of a very, like a 12-year-old. Yeah, We're that's like what I'm pre- saying. Pre-pubescent. <laughs> pre-pubescent. <on> the- <laughs> you guys got a little bit of both kind of <laughs> mingling. It's great. No, you were talking about contests. What if we were to uh, outline your best year, Cheddar Biscuits-wise? What are, what are we talking here? Great question. Man. Yeah, I mean, the, there was some good years back there for sure. Um, all in all, with contracts and prize money and everything, I would say I was around two hundred grand. Woo! Which was a good year. That's you a know? damn good year. And that's like at the top of my game. That's what I'm getting paid as a female. And that was everything, including royalties and yeah. That's yeah. gr- that's amazing. Yeah, that was great, and that's that was something to be proud of, right? Short lived, you know. That wasn't like a well, long you, it's hard time. to stay on the contest top level for yeah, yeah. Like if you're doing well in contests, you can make a ton, and it's like the contracts for me. I feel like I've always had good companies and good sponsors. Like I, thankfully, I had an agent. Shout out to Cersei Wallace. Oh, nice. Um, because I would not have been able to get those contracts on my own. I'm kind of like, you want to give me like this much? Okay, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm down. <laughs> I'm not a good negotiator Cersei for myself. Cersei just went in like a shark and handled yeah, business for you. Yeah, she's a boss. She's a boss. I'm like. She is a boss. She scared me. I was like intimidated. You're my agent, but I'm scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's tight that you had someone like that then. Yeah. And if you didn't do these contests, you think it would have been harder? Oh, yeah. It wouldn't happen, maybe. No, I'm like, I made all those like connections and, you know, I learned so much in contests and like, you know, you learn how to land in crap conditions Mm -hmm. and you learn how to like, it's not the greatest for progression, but you learn how to like put stuff together and to do what you need to do in that moment. So I think that was, you know, I learned a lot from that. And I made a lot of like awesome friends like Travis and I would travel all around to the contest. And then it's like when we had time in between, it would be like, yo, come up to Jackson and Come in the back country, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm down." And then I would Tra- just be Travis Rice is who you're talking about for the yeah, Travis so, Rice. Yeah. And it's like I'd be like, "Sweet, like just go check out Jackson and do all these other different things." Like the first time I was ever like out sledding would be I'd be I literally was on the back of Travis's snowmobile, holding on to him for my life really? as we're like rooping up some gully, and I'm like, "We're gonna die!" Like <laughs> Travis has a helmet on, He's I'm like, just, just like hold sitting on. on the back, all, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like I was just. Being brought to places I had no business going to, but it raised the level and made it, you know, when you go back to normal stuff, you're like, oh, this is chill. Okay. <laughs> I can handle this. <laughs> That's so true. Huh? Yeah. yeah. There's no way around it. Contest snowboarding, you just, you have to be good. You have to be really fucking good, period. Consistent. And consistent. And you got to be able to put it down in any condition. And that's the type of shit where it's like, it's not as negotiable as like, well, I deserve this or I deserve that. It's like, I want all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I like that that type of mentality. Not that I did that. <laughs> it's, it's hard, and it's not the most enjoyable, you know? Like, it's not conducive to progressing. It's like, that's what kind of, I feel like I was stifled, because it's like, great, okay, I'm winning these contests, but it's with 
back fives and front threes. It's like there's no room to like try new stuff. You just have to land or it's like, okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. One thing I bookmarked earlier was the agent talk. Now, what are the pros and cons of having an agent and what are your thoughts on agents in industry? I mean, I think for me, having an agent was a definite pro. Like I was just so like wide eyed and freaking woohoo. Like you're going to give me free stuff. Like <laughs> it was really nice to have Cersei there to be like, no, this is your value. Like we can, we can do this. It's not asking too much, you know, like she was there to, to be in my corner to kind of like look out for me, make sure I wasn't going to be taken advantage of. And I think that that's a, a huge, huge pro for me. But at the same time, I think having an agent now, I'm interested to know what having an agent is like now. Cause I'm like, there's not a lot of contracts out there. Like the money's kind of drying up. Like when, when I was doing a lot of stuff with companies and contracts, it was like, I was so grateful to have her because she went to bat for me. But now it's like, is your agent kind of just your reality check to be like, yo, like you should be happy with this. Take it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like the age of the agent has kind of passed. Like everybody had an agent for a while there. And now it's like, there's probably a handful of people that really could benefit from agents. Yeah. Like these top contest kids like red needs yeah. an agent, obviously. Yeah. And it's like that, that is appropriate. But then it's like, not everybody needs an agent. Like it's, it's kind of gone back to more like your personal relationships with your team managers and sponsors. And like, it's just, it's just kind of the ebb and flow. That makes so, sense. Yeah. All right. It is time for a fan favorite of the show. Buds. Do you know what we're talking about right now? I think it's uh name that video part. That is correct. Buds. All right, here we go. Name that video part is presented by the Dew Tour. Now, Hannah, how confident are you feeling? Zero through ten. <sighs> like a two. Two. Okay. A certain era, I'll be good. But then after like two thousand five, I'll probably be not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll find out right now. We will. Here we go. I want to say it's Danny, but I'm not sure what video. It might be, is it the Bone Age? No. Is it full? It's not Full Metal Edges. It's, yes, it is. It is. Fuck. Okay. That two confidence level earned you Dude. a little cooler. Nice. All over bomb hole print with some bomb hole sweatpants. Bud Diesel. Bomb hole mug. Bomb hole, Stony Buds air freshener. Look at all that. And, oh, I'm stoked. And, uh, yeah, all of this stuff available at bombhole.com. By the time this episode comes out, I think we'll have new mugs finally. We've nice. been lagging on those. so That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, let's get into part two of Name That Video Part. And this is for the listener viewers. If you know the answer, comment on the photo of Hana on our Instagram. And that is will enter you to win a little sticker pack. Here we go. It's a 
very misty song. Is also, that even a song? It's a song. It's a female. <laughs> it's actually a, a prolific female video part. Is it? Leave it there. Okay. Um, I want to say thank you guys for playing. Mm-hmm. Name that video part. That wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I'm like, so nervous. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Okay, Hana, I want to get into a little subject of mispronunciation of your name. Uh, what percentage of people call you Hannah? Uh, probably like a good 72%. 72? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot I mean, of people If they haven't met you in person, yeah. it would be hard to... I mean, how do you know, right? We yeah. Hana, Hannah, we spell it all different ways. Spelled the same, right? Yeah, same, different... So it's like there I should don't, be like some sort of symbol over an A. That, I that thought lets about you know, that you know, when like I was a teenager. I was like, something. how do I put like some? Is it a dot or is it lines? <laughs> you like, should have created something back then. <laughs> then everybody would have been like, oh, she's Swedish. What's <laughs> up? Um, yeah. How do you fault people people for not knowing? I'm like, I I can tell who really knows me by who calls me Hana versus Hannah. So it's like, and people might slip here and there too, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, people slip, but it's fine. It's like I know. You know, there's Hannah Eddie, there's Hannah Teeter. It's like, yeah. it, I call I call people their wrong names. I've yeah, pronounced people's happens. names all the time. So I don't take it personal. My friends correct people more than I correct people. Okay, well, let's get into some some dope topics here. Dope topics. We're going to put this I'm under the category of topic. dope <laughs> topics. It's a new segment. Yeah, huh? you need a new uh, sound effect. Uh, dope. We'll go, yeah, dope topics. Okay, cash money at the <laughs> register. So, you've kind of you've you've seen a lot in snowboarding. You've won everything there is to win for the most part. Uh, you know, especially you know women's snowboarding specifically, it's changed a lot from the grenade eras to now. What would you say? Like, how, how would you say it's changed and for better or worse? For a women's specific. Definitely better. I can say 100% better. I feel like the level has gone up so much just in the last, like, five years. Like, cuckoo. Stuff that I was like, oh, one day if I could only do that. It's like, these girls are doing it like nothing. So I'm like, the riding for sure has gotten better. I feel like just the sheer number of women involved in snowboarding, not necessarily, like, professional snowboarders, but just the amount of women snowboarding is amazing. Like, half the time, there's more girls than dudes whenever I'm out now. Um, I think within the industry, it's gotten better, but we still struggle with, like, that tokenism of, like, oh, one girl per team. Like, there still is that, but I think it's getting better. We're just in a weird situation in general with snowboarding. It's, like, budgets are cut. Like, it's just a delicate dance. So I like that the girls have, like, been banding together and being more supportive like it it always has kind of been supportive within the industry like the females within the industry but there's always been that like undertone of competitiveness like you 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 really love the people you're you're surrounded with and like the women but there's like this competitiveness that you all know is there because there's a limited spot on each team and you're like oh oh, I gotta keep my spot like and I'm beating out my like best friend for this for these resources 
So I like that it's like expanding a little bit, but there's still room for growth for sure. Um, I mean, I feel like the, the women we've always been there and we've always had to kind of make our place. Like you get, you know, you get invited to do like a trip or two with the guys crew here, this film crew, it's like, you get a little taste of it here and there, but it's like when the women have really gotten a lot done, we do it for ourselves. It's like, I, I look back at some of the earlier projects that I was aware of, like, um, Tiffany Jones and Sky made a movie way back in the day called like Hardly Angels. I don't know if anybody's even really heard of that, but that was like kind of the first all female movie. And that was really cool. It didn't get like a ton of traction, I don't think, but I remember that. And then I remember like, you know, Amber Stackhouse and Fabia putting together mischief films and like getting the girls together for that. And that was cool. Like I was still, I think I was still filming with Grenade that year, but I was like, oh, the girls are doing a project. Like I want to be a part of that. Like I, I was bummed I wasn't a part of As If because that was a sweet movie. And it was just rad to have, like, all those chicks together in a flick. And then it was, like, I started filming with them the next year. And it's, like, we did a couple years of mischief. And then those girls kind of wrapped up and and uh, runway films started. And that was, like, a bunch of the girls getting together to kind of fill in that spot that was left open. And, and that created some amazing stuff. And then it was, like, you kind of get... And then it's like, you're like, we think we prove ourselves, you know, like, look, we made this film, like we did all this cool stuff. And then you're like, cool. Like you get a little invite to like a dude's project and then it's never really satisfying. You're kind of like, but I could have done more, you know, like, fuck, like you get invited on one trip and you're like, okay, great. Like at these three shots I have in the film, it's like, we can do better than that. So it's just, it's, it's getting better. Like with full moon, I feel like Leanne really did an amazing job with like getting that crew together and like, especially with, you know, Jetpack and, and peep show and like all the other, like there's so many girls projects, but it's like, I feel like we keep having to like prove ourselves like over and over. And it's like, if we don't create our own opportunity, there's never really like an opportunity that, that the girls are fully involved in. And I think now we're just starting to see that actually kind of turn a page and be like, cool, there's like a couple of girls involved in this project and a couple of girls involved in this project. But it's, you know, the landscape's changed over the years. So it's hard. It's hard to say. What would you prefer to see? Uh, mixed projects like that or an all woman and all male? Like, what, what do you like better? I... I mean, I like the all women's projects because I feel like that creates something that's super unique. Yeah. And it's very authentic to like what the girls are doing and what they want to do. You know, like there's no like male influence because once you involve guys in a crew or a project, it, it kind of automatically gets taken by the guys. Mm. You know, it's like I've been on projects where I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're out here and it's like I... I can fucking sled and do this shit better than the dudes, but I'm being dictated what I can do. So it's just, like, it's hard. Yeah, that's harsh. But it's like the guy, I love riding with guys. Like, I want to ride with the guys because the guys ride at a certain level that I want to be at. And it's like, 
it's not necessarily guys versus girls. It's like, I just want to ride with people that are are at the level and want to ride the stuff that I want to ride. Yeah, and it's going to push you and as well. And it's yeah. hard to find those right guys to do that with. Too. Exactly, that, because yeah. the dudes don't want to go out with the girls half the time, you know, and it's like a lot of girls don't want to hit the stuff guys want to ride, and, like, guys don't want to hit the stuff to the girls. It's just, like, person to person. So it's like that crew, that crew vibe is so key. Mm-hmm. It's like you create that energy, and it, that's what creates, like, the magic. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. And I, I like that the girls, like, we have the support. Like, we've got that support to go do our own projects. But also, at the same time, you're just like, like, with Full Moon, it was like, it was a good jump off for a lot of us to go and, like, do other projects. But it was kind of like, shit, like, did this. But it, it didn't really, at the time, feel like we gained anything. Any momentum. Yeah. You know, two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Kind of deal. Well, one thing on this subject I think that's kind of cool is that I, I do feel as though, like, sexism is there, there's awareness of it now. People are like, oh, damn, yeah, there's some underlying shit that's been happening here. And, and that, that's, a, that's a big, you know, uh, catalyst to change in some ways. But one thing that I do see happening, and I want to pick your brain on, that, you know, maybe I'm getting into the weeds with this and maybe this isn't my place, but I see with brands, right, they're, they're like, okay, we need to put more women on. That's great, right? But one thing that I see that is kind of annoying is it's like we need to put more women on, but it's almost coming from a place of fear where they're like, we just need to check the box and like so we don't get canceled, but we don't actually really give a shit about the women. Uh, that's what I see from some brands where I'm like, we just need to check this box and, mm-hmm. and get this whatever, but they really aren't putting the women on because they're like, I fucking back that chick. They're not like, Oh, th- this chick's dope. We, we're just, and, and that is something I see a problem with. Where there, do you do you ever feel that way at times, or am I in the wrong? No, I feel like there's there's a an element of that. Like, I think that there's enough good good women out there these days that it's like if you can't find somebody to to be on your team that is good, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah, yet. you're not looking True. right. And but it's like there's only. You know, there's there's different levels. There's different feeding levels. There's going to be like the the like top end chicks that are like, okay, sweet. And then it's like, you can't elevate everybody to that level. Like, there's all different levels of riders. And I feel like you know, if you want to have a girl on your team, yeah, you should have a girl on the team. Have a couple. Like, if that's who you are selling product to, you should have those people on your team. And it's like, yeah, maybe you can't promote them or you can't do, like, all this crazy stuff for them, but you should be trying to, like, help them as much as you can. But I feel like, yeah, the, the just putting the girls on the team just to have a name on the team, so you're like, cool, like, it looks like we have a girl on the team, but then you don't utilize her. Like, we want to be used. Like, I want to work. I want to be used. I want to be doing what you need me to do to help the brand do what the brand needs to do. So it's like, I just feel like you have the opportunity, but some people don't always use the, use that opportunity. Agreed. Agreed. With COVID budgets are all jacked. So it's like, makes it even harder. huh? Yeah. But it's like, look at us. Like people, people are doing all kinds of stuff for nothing. Like, True. Instagram influencers, they're like, oh, my God, yeah, give me a free snowboard. I'll put up all the photos. Yeah. Like, people want to be used. They want to feel, like, feel appreciated. And it's like it doesn't take a lot of money to make somebody feel appreciated and to feel valued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a 
that's a big thing. Like, obviously, money's good. Like, people need to get paid so they can can snowboard yeah, and live and, like, do, do what they need to do. But it's like you'd be surprised at what people will do if they feel valued. Yeah. Yeah, people will work harder for less if they feel appreciated. 100%. Yeah, above and beyond. And going back to, you know, full circle with this, you know, talk of you being a member of, like, that grenade crew team, whatever you want to call it. That was authentic. You were yeah. a member. You were a member of the family, the team, whatever you want to say. And that shows. That's authentic. You can see that. And and really, if you take a snowboard company, what what separates snowboard companies? Snowboards are all the fucking same. Like, there's not really much of a difference between the snowboard. Yeah. You're buying into the brand image. You're buying into the brand team. And that team, it can't be. It's not bullshit. You take a bunch of random people and you just put their name on a team list. People see through that bullshit. But when you take a team and you have camaraderie and you bring them together, I bought into Forum because the Forum 8, I was like, damn, these guys like seem like they're all friends. They're all kicking ass, you know? Yeah. And and it it does suck when you you have a a team. And if you're you're not male or female, if you're not being included as a a member of that team, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, and it's like you don't have to be like all one big happy family as a team, but it's like there's different cliques within that within that team, within that family. And it's like, if you pay, if you pay attention and give energy to those different aspects, it's like not everybody connects with that one portion of the team. Like there's so many different facets to a team. Like it shouldn't just be one thing. It t- it should, it should touch a, a lot of different people mm-hmm. and connect with as many people as possible. And it's like with grenade, none of us were getting paid. Like everybody did that for four or five years for nothing. You know, like we weren't doing it because we were getting paid. We did it because it was something special and it was a, and a team and we were friends and it was, it's just something like that just goes to show you. Yeah. You were having the time of your life. And yeah. And look at what it did. Yeah. It like created this amazing thing. And it's like, nobody was doing that because of the money. Yeah. We were being exploited, you know, like we must exploit. <laughs> like, it's like literally like the grenade tagline. Like. It's just Matt funny. And Danny knew what they were doing, or more so <laughs> yeah. mad at that time. Probably. Mad geniuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've kind of uh, along along the way mentored a few women as well, correct? Yeah, um, I'm. It kind of naturally just happens, you know. You get older and you get more experience, and you kind of just want to share that with the with the people that want to know it. And I've had the opportunity to you know go out with. Elena and like even Jamie Anderson came out with us for a few years with runway and then full moon. It's like putting Jamie like in between my arms on the snowmobile and going up S shoot. We're like, woo, hold on. Like just getting people out there. It's like, you exciting. would put her in the front. Yeah. I had her sitting like little squirrel style. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of on the back. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'd just be like, okay. Meh, Is like, that how women double? I mean, not now, not but now, it's squirrel. like when you have, when you have somebody that's never been on a snowmobile yeah, before, like, you're like, you just you. sit there <laughs> They're and you'd the be dead weight. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> like, yeah. She would let throw, me you, handle. throw you off. Yeah. She Cause that know. gets sketchy if you have somebody standing there and they're like, <laughs> go full wonky. Little squirrel oh, yeah. in the yeah, middle. Death. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. We call it's, that the squirrel in the middle technique. Squirrel actually. in the middle. Just holding on. And she's just stoked to be up there. Hold on for dear life. But yeah, it's rad. It's rad to, you know, you get to relive your weird, awkward, like mistakes and learning and all those experiences through 
through them again. It's like you're living vicariously through these through these girls. Yeah, like, watching them make the same mistakes. Yeah, and, and you're just kind of laughing. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Like <laughs> going out with Mary when we were filming for, you know, the Vans Project, Listen to the Eyes. It's like I was just like, oh, Mary, I know. I know it sucks. Like that it sucks, <laughs> but you're going to get better. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Like it's all so much learning experience. And it's like, if I can be there to give a little bit of my knowledge and input to make it a little easier for them, like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Because it's a lot of trial and error. And it, it takes really a, is. a lot of effort and a lot of determination to, like, push past that. Well, uh, I want to pivot to another topic here. I have a note um, about you winning $20,000 at a veil bigger. <laughs> yeah, And 20K? then, allegedly, I should say for legal purposes... You played Monopoly with real money. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> Pat Bridges. <laughs> I don't know. Did we? I don't. Oh, man. We probably did, but I don't know if Pat I remember. Pat has a memory. Like he it, remembers. He remembers everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. He's, yeah. Is that it? That was a, uh, a street sweeper. Yeah. Ah, uh, street sweepers. Keeping the streets, the streets clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... That was that's what I bought my home with. <laughs> Monopoly, Monopoly may <laughs> may or may not have happened. Yeah, <laughs> I remember we because it was at the Sims World Championships. Oh, and they paid in cash. Yeah, it was two suitcases, two Samsonite suitcases. This I was in Bale. Yeah, <laughs> Samsonite. Samsonite. I was, I was way mean. off, but like they paid. It was t- ten and fifteen. The slope style and the big air, and I won both. And so they on a Sunday. They give me two suitcases full of $25,000 cash. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm 19. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just stuff it in my jacket and fly home with all this cash. And you can't fly with more than 10K, right? But it wasn't out of the country. So that was good. Domestically is okay. Yeah, but I'm like flying home and I have a suitcase like for like, you know, a distraction like if somebody's gonna rob me they're gonna take my suitcase and it's empty bitches oh but really you had an empty the, suitcase <laughs> yeah but all the cash is like in my jacket and i think i flew home with somebody else i forget who it was but i was like can you carry like 10 grand on let you let me slip 10k <laughs> i'll give you 100 bucks <laughs> yeah. and so the guy's picking me up in the like old grenade van at the airport and i'm like hey you want to <laughs> see something cool and i pull out like all this cash wow because i'm like i couldn't deposit it it was a sunday and i'm like oh my god yeah you can't even go to the bank huh? yeah and i was just like i mean i just flew home with so much money on my person <laughs> and then yeah we probably played monopoly with it it's like the scene from wolf of wall street when they're trying to fly back from switzerland and they're taping all the money <laughs> oh yes <laughs> You should have got the old, like, Escape from New York style briefcase with the uh, handcuffs. I, f- I feel like I, oh, I didn't have the handcuffs, but when they when the security guards oh, they brought it, it out, like they yeah. had a handcuff yeah, to them. Handcuff I was like, to them. Oh, my God. That's okay. That's what, that's some biscuits right there. When they would have had to take your hand to get that 25K. Yeah, they would have had to. <laughs> yeah. And someone probably would have taken your hand for that 25K. Absolutely. If they knew. Given the chance. But then they would have had an empty Empty briefcase. Empty briefcase, that's actually, suckers. That's actually a pro tip. Yeah, that is a pro tip. Yeah. That actually reminds me of a story back in the day, kind of the empty briefcase scenario. Um, back back in the day, we had a lot of boxes stolen from us. And uh, when I lived with Austin Granger, and, and one time I shit in a box, and they actually <laughs> stole it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of like the empty brief, briefcase scenario. Dude, that is scenario. great. Yeah, and uh, we got Should've them. pooped in that briefcase. Yeah, that's you been happening 
up in my neighborhood and I notice an email from the neighborhood watch, I suggest that to the Mormons. Yeah, you, you do that and then you, you put it out the there. They steal it, it and then they get a little they get a little karma. So yeah. it's good. Um, that They're kind all of, excited. What is it? What is it? Is I, something in there. I call it if it's a hoodie. Around. I call it if it, I call it if it's a pair of gloves. Oh no, it's a ball of shit, mom. <laughs> well, this is a perfect time for our next guest question, which is once again presented by Solomon. If you're looking for a split board, head on over to SolomonSnowboards.com. Now, this one is from Pat Bridges. Here we go. Hello, bombhole. This is Pat Bridges, or as Chris Grenier likes to refer to me. Pat, the brown eye bridges. Um, stoked to have a chance to ask Hannah Beeman a question. So, Hannah, you and I have met a couple times over the years, but I never had a chance to ask you, of all the people in the world you could have chosen to be your college art class subject, why did you choose me? Ooh. All right, stoked to finally get to the bottom of this. I'm a longtime fan, longtime listener of the bomb hole. Can't wait to hear this episode when it comes out. All right, cool. Later. Yep. So, backstory on this. When I was in Sierra Nevada College, uh, I was in like an art class that I got a D in. Apparently, I wasn't good, but I was good. That our teacher sucked. But um, <laughs> that one of the one of the assignments was to pick a picture and blow it up and distort it whatever and I randomly chose a photo of Bridges looking like the Unabomber out of Snowboarder magazine I don't know if you guys remember that big aviators? Yeah. yeah with the big aviators and yeah. everything I chose that photo and I blow it I blew it up to like uh, you know tube two by 18 something like that and it's all like fear and loathing in Las Vegas like pencil sketch whatever and then I didn't even know it was Pat, right? Like, I was just like, oh, this looks like a cool photo. Years later, I'm like, oh, my God, that was fucking Bridges. <laughs> it was before you met him? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is before I met Pat. And I was just like, oh, my God, Pat, I did a, a, a drawing of you. And I was like, check this out. And I totally, like, gave it to him eventually. But I was like, that was just such kind of crazy, weird, like, destiny, yeah. if you will, that I was just like, now that I know Pat so well, it's like Uncle Pat. And it's just funny that I'm like, oh, I totally did a, a drawing of you, like, before we ever met. And, like, now you're such, like, a huge figure in my life. Like Synchronicities right there. That's wild. Yeah. Lining up like that. Yeah, it's cool. I should We should have him send a photo of it. I remember that photo, too, of the... Yeah. When he was asking that question, what came to mind was maybe you guys needed a live nude artist yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> that's too. where i thought that <laughs> when, was going that's that would have been awesome <laughs> i was like did pat model naked for you <laughs> he's like it was a hard time i needed some, i needed a little extra cash i needed that 50 bucks <laughs> <laughs> shit maybe i should just change that story to to be like that that would be great <laughs> well his nickname and would pat have done that it was going back to pat too his nickname is pat the eye bridges so going back mm -hmm. to his reference i started calling pat the brown eye bridges uh, <laughs> that's awesome he claimed it on there do we do we have uh patreon questions i do Let's get um, into some of those. i have a patreon question from abby dawson and this is uh pertaining to the upcoming season mm -hmm. what's your favorite thing about natural selection and what are you looking forward to most for this year's event congrats on making it into the event and keep ripping Thank you, Abby. Um, what I am looking forward to the most is 
getting to hit those insane features with like hopefully the like nicest fresh pow conditions and spectating <laughs> watching other it's people. gonna be so <laughs> sick to watch everybody else i'm just gonna be like what okay hopefully i can live up to what's the window for powder like how are they i think that's they're... sketchy I think they're doing pretty okay with their snowpack right now. Um, they're just keeping an area fresh, basically? Yeah. I, I don't know when they um, kind of cordoned it off, if they did it yeah. a couple weeks ago or what. Because there's only three days, though, right? There's a week of a window, oh, the okay. third to the ninth, and then there's two days within that that will ride it. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. And they've been doing some... Um, like Abbey control on the landings because last year at the test event we had a couple landings slide which sucks because mm. then you're like oh Gets there goes ruined, the fresh basically. landings so they've been doing a little more work on that and I'm really hoping that they get a good amount of snow right from now till then yeah so when that landing slides you still got to jump into it but it's just hard I mean you don't have to yeah. there's because there's enough there's enough features that if like a landing does slide and you're like oh that looks not that great you can change it up and go to like some other feature but we'll see yeah who you got your money on <sighs> i honestly have no idea obviously travis probably it's is like, it fair if travis wins he I seems like the there i mean there's other guys that are going to definitely give him a run for his money like true the guys are so good and it's like i don't know how the the panel narrowed down Do the field to 16 dudes do you have a strategy going into this? Um, riding mini park and <laughs> <laughs> that's been your warm up. Yeah, that's been my warm up. I'm like just trying to get you know knock the dust off of the the tricks and feel good, get get pretty consistent and like just getting rotations down and all that because I haven't even done anything for like two years. So I'm like I just need to be like okay, back five, cab five, switch back, whatever. Fucking I don't know stuff that I can land in pow. And just connect because it's so different filming as opposed to like doing a contest in powder is going to be like next level hard because I'm like filming you get a couple tries. You're like stoked if you land at first try or second try, but you don't have to like make it to another jump like double lines filming. You're like, those are those are sweet. If you can get a double line pow film. That's amazing. And how many in a line do you got to get in the natural selection? It's a, it's a oh pretty my long run. It's like a minute it's long, long run or some shit. It's going to be like, depending on how you link it all together, you could have like five hits in your run. Yeah. And it, they're not like, they're not like baby hits. Yeah, like, they're not baby <laughs> hits. <laughs> you, could, you could send it. Like there's definitely a couple different like alleys like that you could go down. Yeah. But. It's, you're not going to get any, like, runs through it. It's, like, fresh. Oh, it's got to be fresh, huh? Like, you can kind of, like, go down the sides of the run, and, like, there's going to be little goat paths to, like, go to, like, a, like, viewpoint where you can be, like, okay, I can kind of see the takeoff, and I can kind of see the landing, and then wiggle through some trees to, like, the jump that's down there, maybe. But it's, I think we're going to have a lot of different drone angles, so there's going to be, like, 3D virtual reality Uh, Really check everything out before you get in there. Yeah, get a feel for, like where you're going to want your line, but it's like you, your first run, you're just going to be like, fuck, I don't know. I think I'm going this way. If you fuck up, maybe you end up here. And then you're like, is that a takeoff? Sure. I'm gonna just going to hit it. Maybe that there's a landing. nerve wracking. It's going to be scary. Yeah. What's sick though, props for how long you've been in the game to be at the top contest of the season. Yeah. It's kind of, 
pretty badass. Kind of trippy. Yeah, it's good I'm for like, you. oh my god, is this gonna make me look an asshole? Like, am I gonna? No, you got it. just depends on the okay? day, though. It's like you're yeah. gonna kill it either way, but yeah. it's like everyone has their day, and I'm trying to show. Trying to have a good show for the for the ladies. For I, women I just hope that yeah, I just hope that all the women ride at a good level, like something we're all capable of. Yes, and that we don't look like doofuses out there. You're not going to. <laughs> it's a it's a strong crew. Yeah, everyone's more than capable. So I just hope we all have a good day. Absolutely, you guys all rip. And going back to what you were talking about before, for the the listeners and viewers that are unfamiliar with this type of terrain you know a lot of times you look at a face from the bottom or from if you're an ak like a heli or in this case you you don't have a good vantage point on what you're riding so when you get to the top you have this plan of what you're going to hit but you start riding things morph they're a lot different when you're riding down you're on slope and you're coming up to a, a big shark fin and you're about to launch off of it or whatever diving board it is and all of a sudden you're like holy shit this thing is 30 feet taller than i thought it was and you're rolling down the windows and next thing you know you tomahawk that's why i personally prefer the streets a lot of times because uh, that's what happens when i do it but uh yeah th- that's just something that i don't think the average listener viewer really understands it's not like a park jump that you can like roll up on and look at or yeah and it's like you get one shot yeah. at the whole thing and it's like if you tomahawk you only get one run well, no, you get two runs. It's head to head, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, gotcha. We'll get we'll get bracketed off, but it's like one one run, and then a second run, and if like and I guess head to head format, head to head. So it's like if if you get both runs, you win, you move on. Wow. So it's like you could get two runs, and blow it, or like or kill it, or kill it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a contest, and yeah. that's the crazy thing. It's just like. Filming and competing are so different, and it's, like, mad respect for people that do well in contests and can land that crazy stuff because it is not easy. And, like, filming, it's, like, not easy to land in powder either, but at least you have a couple tries. Yeah, and some people (laughs) just thrive in that contest scenario where it's, like, the pressure. Like, Haley was talking about that Mm -hmm. when she was here. Yeah. Just turning it on, you know, when it's time to turn it on. I think all those contest kids... Yeah. They like that moment of pressure. Yeah, and it'll be really cool because there's, you know, Jamie's in there, and she's like a contest killer. And there's uh, one, I don't know if I can say it, but there's one other girl. By the time this comes out. I'm yeah, well, there's Anna's the, in there. Yeah. So she's a contest killer, she obviously. Rips. So it's going to be really cool to see how those two, like, transition over into this, like, powder contest. Cool. They're just going to slay, and I'm going to be like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'm retiring now. Bye. (laughs) Or how, I don't know. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a ride to watch. Okay. Before we come off the subject of uh, the natural selection, I've been riding with uh, Nils Mindick, sometimes mispronounced as Muddick, recently, and uh, he has been training very methodically. He's been riding, and he's a very analytical minded person like he's got spreadsheets for everything he's he's like a math brain guy and he just won the free ride world tour if you guys don't know he's been a guest on here and he when you go ride with him he'll be like okay i think back when 80 seatbelt is a great trick i want to get those down because i don't think very many other people are going to do them so you'll ride with him he'll do like 50 back when 80 seatbelts so he can do it on anything or then he'll pick another trick he's like very methodical about like tricks that he can do and landing and i i don't know if i've ever seen anybody approach snowboarding in such an analytical minded thought process but anyway super interesting i figured i'd share before we come off of that subject and yeah there's a there's a lot of different people that are going to be like there's a lot of different brains going into that course 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who who comes out on top. Yeah, of who that comes thing. out on top. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you have a couple more I Patreon do. questions. So uh, this is from Alexander Crump, hmm. and uh, he's asking, "What motivated you to enroll in firefighter school, and what skills did you gain from your?" For, or what skills that you gained from your professional snowboarding career helped you be successful in that training? So, yeah, I <laughs> I applied for a volunteer fire position this spring. And to be brutally honest, it's because I had no idea what the hell was going to happen this summer. Right? Really? You I was just preparing like, for anything. I was like, snowboarding could not be a thing. Like, all your sponsors could drop you. Like, there's, there's a clause in there that they're like... Nope, sorry. Natural disaster. Natural natural disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a pandemic, a natural disaster, like all this stuff, that force majeure clause. It's like you could just be done at any moment. And I was like, oh my God. Basically, it was like a, what the hell do I do? What's my backup plan? And not that I don't have backup plans. Like I'm a real estate agent too, which which has been nice the last few summers. That supplements my snowboard career a bit, but also like what was going to happen with real estate? I don't know. True. Like, w- were we all going to go down in a blazing glory? I have no idea. So I was just like, huh, like walking back from the beach near my house, there's a volunteer fire station. And I was like, oh, okay. It says accepting volunteer applications. And I was like, that could be something cool. <laughs> something cool. There's, there's some job, <laughs> you know, job certainty in that field. Yeah, that's right never now. going away. So I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And I just, I threw in an application and I started kind of digging around and asking other people I know who are firefighters what they thought about it. And it just ended up seeming like a really cool thing to get into. It's pretty badass, right? Yeah. And I just was like, wow, how have I never really thought about this before? And I guess I'm just really busy to begin with. But I was like, okay, I got plenty of time. This looks like something that's right up my alley. Everybody that I talked to was like, oh, snowboarding is like, you're, you're perfect for this. It's like the more I started thinking about it and kind of comparing a lot of the things that I've learned in snowboarding, I was like, oh yeah, it's totally tons of parallels. Like we work in small groups. We're in dangerous situations where we have to look out for each other. You have to be situationally aware Um, you have to be fit. You have to be able to get yourself out of some messed up situations. Like there's just all these different things that it's like you stay calm when it's gnarly. Like a lot of things that I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like this, this translates, this translates. And then once I kind of started getting into it and doing the academy and all this stuff, I was like, wow, like this is stuff that is really exciting and it's a little more fulfilling as far as like not being a self-centered little snowboard pro athlete, um, the medical side of it, like I've taken a few woofer courses in the past and I'm like, Oh, it's interesting. Like I want to know more about that. So getting the layman's that's a wilderness. Oh yeah. um, Wilderness first responder. And so it's like a lot of the stuff we've learned and how we operate as professional snowboarders is very, very applicable to like fire. So it was cool, you know, you people person, you deal with people, you deal with weird crews, you're in weird situations. So I just thought that was really neat. And it's, it's proving to be really, really interesting to me. Did you finish the schooling? And I did. I finished um, Firefighter One Academy in November. And wow. then we just finished Hazmat right before Christmas. And then 
because of COVID, we're not doing EMT right now, which is great because I get to go snowboard all winter. And then in the spring, we'll do the EMT portion. But I just actually flew. (laughs) I flew home to Bellingham the last three days to work my first two um, volunteer shifts. So that was cool. Any fires? No fires, but we got to go on two medical calls, which was rad. I just stand there because I'm not an EMT yet. Yeah. I just stand there and kind of help and carry around the tools. So you were on, <laughs> you're doing this. Yeah. Wow, that sounds exciting. Yeah, and we got to, we were actually doing a drill for like a bumper line, like a hose line that comes off the bumper of the engine. And so I'm all like bunkered up with my like, <laughs> my oxygen, my pack on. Yeah, the and full fire every, kit. Everything. And we're like getting ready to do this. And all of a sudden they're all boop, boop. And we're like, oh, oh, it's a, it's a call. So it's like, I'm like, woohoo, I'm already in my shit. <laughs> so I just sat in the engine and the rest of the crew got like bunked up and we started going. We were just like, wah, wah, like cruising to this car rollover. We got called off because other, other engines got there. Do they first. still slide down fireman poles? I don't think that's a thing still. I don't think it's a thing anymore either. It's but it's too dangerous. Be. Too dangerous. But I, some places I think still have them. But I don't know if they're really used. Just because they're faster, that was the deal. They were yeah. up in the upper level bunks, and they yeah. needed to get down. I don't know. We don't have any fire poles at the stations that, that we have. Too dangerous for modern day society. Break your ankle on the way to saving True. somebody. First you, rule: don't become one of the victims. Is that, is that, that rule, rule number one? Yeah, don't don't become a victim when you're going to save people. Like save victims. Great rule. Support. Yeah. Uh, our gym that we go to that we talk about frequently on here is owned by Paul Roberts, who's a firefighter. Cool. And he trains us every day. And it's really cool. You know, it's a, it seems like a great profession. And I see him when he comes in off of, like, just hearing him talk about being on, on a fire. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, sounds exhilarating. Those guys are, are badasses when that stuff goes down. So, yeah. much respect to the firefighters yeah, out there. I'm going to give them an air horn. Air horn to those firefighters. Now, so much respect. And then another thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, a lot of people, be it snowboarders, even recreational, you know, even if they're you move to Vail and you become a ski bum or whatever, you know, when at a certain point in time, like especially with professionals, they're standing around kind of with their dick in their hands and they're like, what do I do now? My snowboard career's kind of winding down. Uh it seems like you've set yourself up where you got your real estate license a couple of years back for shits and gigs, a quote from um, Step Brothers. But, uh, <laughs> Four uh, Fist Commission. Four Fist Commission. I had to throw that in there. But do you have any like actionable advice for, for people you know, to have the foresight for life after boarding? I guess the only thing I would say is just it could end at any second. And you will be luckily if you make it out with your health. So keep that in mind. I feel like... I got into snowboarding professionally being like, I don't know, is this going to last a year or two? And somehow it's lasted 20. But I have always, if you ask my parents, they're always like, what else are you doing? Like, I got my bartender's license like 10 years ago because I was like, I don't know. If I I get dropped, I'll have a bartender's license. I can start bartending. Like, I've always had this, like, insecurity in the back of my head where I'm like, it could end at any moment. And I'm like, what do I do? what do I do? Like I have a, I have a mortgage. I have all this stuff. Like I have a certain way of life that I, that I enjoy living and I want to maintain that. So how do I do that? And I mean, it's, it's hard cause you're just like, well shit, what, what's my new passion? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm testing it out. So it's just like, always have that in the back of your head. Be smart. Smart. Learn from your elders. Learn from us old heads because we've made lots of mistakes. (laughs) And you can avoid a lot of those mistakes. That is true. And it's funny. The kids just don't listen to the old heads. Well, you got to fall on your face. That's the only way. That's the only way. But going back to, we have a Patreon interview that we do before. And we ask some questions. And 
And one of the questions was kind of like some uh, maybe words to live by, I believe. And you essentially said something along the lines of, if it's, uh, I don't want to do it if I can't make it fun. How did you word that? I'm like, if it's, if you're not enjoying it and if it's not fun, like, why, why are you doing it? What's, what's the purpose? And not that it's like every day is going to be like, woohoo, rainbows and butterflies. And like, you're laughing the whole time. Like there's a lot of hard work involved, but you still enjoy it. Like you still get joy out of it. And that's what I feel like I've constantly had to ask myself, like with snowboarding, it's like, it gets to a point where like, this isn't fun anymore. And you have to like figure out what to change to make it stay fun yeah keep it fun keep it fun because it's like if you're not having fun what's the fucking point like life's short Mm -hmm. like enjoy it if you don't like this go find something else you want to do that's going to be fulfilling and make you smile at the end of the day so i don't know it's i feel like i'm always like i'm following the fun but it's like i still i feel like i work hard and i feel like if I'm not enjoying it, I don't want to be doing it, but I enjoy working hard. So it's, I don't know. That's No, it's great advice. Yeah. It's great. And we've, me and Buds have these conversations too. It's like, I, I don't want to do this shit if it's not fun. We catch ourselves like not having fun doing it. It's like, that's the minute we're going to stop doing this. Yeah. That's the minute we're going to, you know, even even doing concrete or manual labor. Like, there's fun. The, there's fun in the banter. There's yeah. fun. But the people that aren't having fun, they're not making it fun. And some things do just suck, dude. Maybe you're cleaning up fucking porta potties and you smell like diarrhea it's gonna be hard to make that fun but like no offense to anybody if they do that respect it's a job that needs to be done but what i'm saying is like yeah it, it's it, it, the minute it stops becoming fun or you start hating it well then find something that fills your bucket like you said i think yeah that's, find, i love hearing that find there's always fun to be had fun. and there's always going to be some parts that aren't fun but it yeah. is what it is find it's, the fun it's your mindset it's good advice yeah it's totally your mindset and it's like if you can't make your trick yourself into having fun <laughs> then <laughs> that's what it is you just sometimes out. trick yourself into having fun yeah so i got one more uh patreon question for you this one's a little bit interesting we'll see how it goes it's from trevor j lepec i have a two-part question what was it like digging up a giant rat mummy during a home restoration project second question where is the rat mummy now <laughs> And what was Geoff's reaction to the mummy? How does he know about the rat mummy? So he uh, he tells me. He says uh, <laughs> questions. These weird questions were curated by a mutual friend, Sean Derby. Oh, <laughs> Sean, that's an ex boyfriend of mine. So he was with me when we when we uh, excavated the rat mummy. What out. is a rat mummy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's literally like sarcophagus style wrapped up rat. Is that what we're talking? About? <laughs> sarcophagus. It was like this. <laughs> it was really. It was, it was the, like the King Tut of, of like mummies. Gold uh, flask <laughs> yeah. by its feet. Yeah, it was holding actually, like a gold staff. I actually found a whole treasure with it, but don't tell anybody. We point. <laughs> Um, no, I renovated this house. I, I bought this old house, and it was pretty funky. And when we were ripping off the whole ceiling, it was like there was mouse bodies just falling on really? us. Really? like we were in our Tyvek suits and, like, respirators and cockles just ripping all this stuff out of the ceiling. And a lot of little mouse bodies, but there was one 
big rat body that had like basically not been wrapped mummified, but like was dry and just like. I've seen them when they're like that and it's harsh. And I was just like, oh. They like turn into a preserved leather almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, at least there wasn't like a ton of those. It was just like the little mouse babies and one rat king lording over all of them in the attic. Have you heard of what a rat king is? It's a real thing. What? Isn't rat king. Isn't that? A rat king is when all the rats in a major infestation, they get so dirty and gnarly that all their tails fuse together. No. Yeah, this is a real thing. You look it up online, it's the most (laughs) craziest thing you'll ever see in your life. Literally a hundred rats with their tails fused together, and they all die together. And that's that's called a rat king. Is that... Like a conspiracy theory or real? Oh, dude. So, so there are how photos. Does the, how do the tails get together? That yeah. What filth, filth, and grime. We're gonna need to put a link to that oh, on the dude. page. It's <laughs> one of the scariest things you'll ever see in your life. Buds is just a wealth of information. He always has information like this. One thing I want to circle back around. Did you say sarcophagus earlier? <laughs> I, I'm unfamiliar with that verbiage. I don't sarcophagus? know sarcophagus. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, that is in Egypt where they put the mo- mummies. It okay. holds the mummies. It's okay. a sarcophagus. That's, that's what it is? Okay. It's that box. Oh, that's yeah. the, Okay, that was unfamiliar. I'm learning a lot. This is a great, <laughs> great episode for my The uh, mummies knowledge. are found in the... Sur- it's not a coffin, though, because it's like a holy thing, you know, okay. that they were put in. Copy. Good. Homie. And it's supposed to, like, keep their soul, bring them to the afterlife. Yeah. This is an informative episode so far. Sarcophagus, dog. That's how I have... Uh, for myself to be buried in my will. Yeah. Sarcophagus. <laughs> That's a good call right there. <laughs> I, I've actually been re- requested to be mummified myself as well. Yeah. I've actually requested, my wife knows this, that I want to be, uh, be uh, what's it called when you're cremated? Oh, yeah. yeah. And spread over the seven continents. That's a great way. My wife needs to go on a, a mission, dedicate her, her life to this mission. Aww. And Antarctica is going to be a tough, tough <laughs> go. But, but it'll be worth it. But yeah, it'll be worth it. <laughs> we'll see if she gets it done. Yeah. Um, one 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 other thing we got to uh, get into before we get out here is uh, Wild Mike's Pizza. Mm. They are a big sponsor of ours. Now, Wild Mike's Ultimate Pizza. We always break the ice with our guests. Not today because we're recording very early in the morning. But virtually every other guest, we break the ice by eating some pizza and some cheesy bites. Now, all of their products are one hundred percent natural. No artificial anything. We love them. And no joke, the pizza pizza bites are incredible. Would you say so? The jalapeno, man. Super good. Dude, they should get some breakfast bites rolling. I might have to email Mike on that one, see what's up. Nice. You, yeah, hit him, hit him with an email. I'll hit him with a DM. They support us. You guys should support them. Follow them on Instagram, at Wild Mike's Pizza. They're always doing cool giveaways and whatnot. They're uh, delicious. Yeah, they're delicious. I've had those a couple of late nights at Baldface, and it's a <laughs> oh, yeah, game that's right. changer. They serve those up at Baldface. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, before we get out of here, wh- what's next for Hana? <sighs> I mean, immediately I'm going to boogie on up to Natural Selection up in Jackson Hole. Um, and then after that, depending on how that goes, just I'd really love to get out filming this year. I feel like the last two years I've been kind of skunked on the filming, so I'm, like, really looking forward to just some – long days in the backcountry out sledding and hopefully putting together, you know, a somewhat decent little video part for the year. Um, after that, I'm going to be doing some real estate this summer and getting into firefighting a bit more and just kind of, you know, 
keeping the stoke high for next winter. I feel like that stuff keeps everything pretty realistic. So it keeps me really grateful to be able to get out here and play and, and snowboard. And, and I mean, I don't have any plans to stop snowboarding. So just going to keep doing that as long as I can. And I got a couple more things I want to check off on my list before I'm done. <laughs> I have a question now, sponsors or not. Some, some people like the sponsors, just like that stops happening and people just hang up the board. True. That's not you, right? No, I feel like I'll probably take a minute to like decompress, but I mean, I'm always going to be snowboarding. Like I'll always be out doing 30 degree slashes with the other old heads. <laughs> but I mean, that's why I kind of am doing this other stuff. Cause even if the money dries up when with contracts, it's like, I still want to be able to have the somewhat of a lifestyle that I can still go out and snowboard and do what I want. So that's kind of the game plan. That's beautiful. Dope, yeah. Um, we forgot to talk about this. Uh, your setup. Our, our audience, they love oh. they love learning about uh, people's setups. And do you do anything quirky with your bindings? What are you, what's your what board are you riding? Bindings, all that stuff. Uh, so this behind me is the new Zero uh, Ride Snowboard Zero. So it's a gender neutral board that is super fun. Um, I've been riding this in Mammoth, and um, it's been really fun to get back on like a twin park board. Just super playful and awesome. I think Jill's riding this one too. And then I just run everything pretty stock. I don't do too much to to mess with the board and bindings and all that stuff. And these are the new seed. Are these the sixes? The C steel. Oh, no, these are the AL sixes. So the new ride aluminum uh, chassis bindings. But I also got my normal setup is the Psycho Candy Um with some C bindings, the composite bindings that Ride just put out, and everything's awesome. Like the Psycho Candy is just a really good all-around mountain pow slayer board, and I think they're making it in some bigger sizes this next year, so it's um, male-friendly. What about stance width and angles? Stance, I run about a 22 and a half, and angles are anywhere from negative 6 to 0 on my back foot, depending on what I'm riding, and usually around a positive 12 to 15 on the front. You change it for different aspects of riding, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like for this, I got a negative 6 and a positive 12 for park because I'm doing a lot more like, I don't know, switch stuff and whatever. Yeah. And then for pow riding, if I take like the the war peg out, if it's just a deep pow day, I mean, I'll do like a 0 and a positive 15 or something like that. People love that war peg, huh? It is so great. And they just uh, released a split Pig. Split pig. Which has changed my world. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm That's really excited sweet. about that. It's been fun. Split the old pig. Yeah. Well, um, where can people find you on social and all that stuff? I am on the Instagram uh, at High Beams. I kind of, I go back and forth between changing my name you to Sahana Beeman or keeping it High Beams. I feel like I got to keep it High Beams. High but, Beams is pretty tight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm there. I'm on the fucking Facebook, even though I don't really want to be, you know. Instagram don't or Instagram main one. Twitter no, I TikTok. barely use. I'm I lurk on TikTok. I will lurk heavy on <laughs> you TikTok. Go watch That's where on she gets her uh, karaoke <laughs> info. <or laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean maybe I'll do some karaoke on TikTok, but I more like just watch. Yeah, TikTok is entertaining I'm to nervous, say the least. Nervous to do a post. I feel like I'm like oh, there's so much pressure. There is. It seems <laughs> like yeah, you got to be on top of your game. Yeah. People are posting some high quality stuff on yeah. there. Yeah. Putting some time into it. I don't yeah. know if you ever lurk on there, but I don't have an account. No, my wife. I don't have an account either. My wife just shows me. There's like you can find anything on it's there. 
hilarious. Yeah. Put in a topic and you go on these wormholes and you're just like, wow. I know. I have to put a timer on mine so I don't spend more than like 20 minutes on Really? It. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you just get locked in. Yeah. Like my wife does. Okay, yeah. so uh, before we get out of here, we were kind of talking about Bill Nye. And in regards <laughs> uh-huh. to that, you had a quote uh, we should maybe leave the people with. Yeah, I think I listen to, you know, Bill Nye's podcast in the in the mornings when I'm doing my warm-ups and stretching. And there's a guest on his show that always, it's part of the intro that she says this, and it always rings really true for me. And I feel like it's really true with snowboarding and with, with anything in life. And it's that success equals your effort times your skill. So it's like, if you want to be successful, it's, you have to put in all this effort and you have to have skill. And when that gets combined together, it's like, that's when you have success. So that's just something that I'm like, yeah, it's not just luck. It's not just talent. It's not just all these things. It's like the two of those together really equal success. Effort, Effort plus skill. Yeah. I love it. It's like, I like it. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, we want to say thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we want to say thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week from the bomb hole. Over and out. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.